Hello and welcome to This Expat Life, the podcast for expats who are looking to intentionally design their lives abroad. In this podcast, I want to open up space for all facets of life abroad, the good, the bad and the ugly, and always with a focus on personal development. I share practical tips, tell relatable stories and interview other expats on life abroad. And today I speak with Tumi Sinegum. Tumi and I met, I think about nine months ago when I was having drinks with fellow entrepreneurs in The Hague. This is the group of women I regularly see. And I found this group by applying the principles uh, of creating a strong community abroad that I share in the first episode of This Expat Life. And anyway, one of these women of the group uh, brought two South African friends with her. And Tumi and I got along very well. We kept in touch. And since she lives in Norway, I asked her for this interview. Tumi is on a mission to help people unlock their greatest potential, which I love, obviously. And she does this through her business, Tidi Sanon Coaching and Consulting, and her work with organizations like Branson Center of Entrepreneurship South Africa and Oribi Village. And at the heart of everything she does, Tumi is focused on making the spaces she works in inclusive because she believes that tech can build our future. But until we open access to the industry to people who are continually underrepresented, we're unlikely to realize this future. So she now works with other businesses to co-create authentic, sustainable solutions that code diversity, equity and inclusion practices into the business DNA. And Tumi grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa, but as I said, she now lives in Oslo, Norway, with her husband and their cute little dog. And I honestly loved having this conversation with her. Tumi and I talk about how expert life can change your identity in a way, and how important it is to intentionally design your new life abroad. Plus, Tumi shares so many practical tips that even serial expats can learn something from her, I believe. So without further ado, here's the interview I had with Tumi, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome, Tumi. It's so nice to have you here on this expat life. And I'm really happy that you decided to uh, be my guest, one of my first guests, actually. And um, so, well, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Great. You're calling in from Norway, where you're currently living with your husband and dog. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got there? What is your story? (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. So it was like January 2000. 21 um where my husband and I were taking a walk uh we were still in Cape Town in South Africa and he just said you know by the end of next year I don't know how we're going to do it but we have to be living in a different country because for us moving outside of South Africa was something that we wanted to do but we weren't sure how we were going to do it and so you know when he said that in the beginning of 2021 we had no concrete plans but as things sometimes happen um he got an opportunity to work in oslo um in norway and so we jumped at it it wasn't maybe the perfect time i had just resigned from my job i was about to start my own business and so i thought oh well i could probably make this business work wherever i am And so just exactly as he said, at the end of 2022, we were both living in Oslo. And so that's how we got here. Wow. I find it so fascinating. So basically you're telling the universe, we want to live abroad and we will give each other, like we'll give ourselves a year to accomplish that. And the universe delivers and you've got this amazing opportunity. That is so cool. So you've been living here for there, sorry, for a few months now. 
Yeah, so it's been about seven, eight months. And I think that I timed it right because um, we kind of got here together in the summer. So when I arrived, I didn't have, you know, all the scary stories that people say about how cold it is and how dark it is. I actually arrived at a very festive time. So when I got here in July, um, we had like sunshine until nine, ten o'clock at night. And, you know, it was warm and everybody was in the park and it was beautiful. And so that gave me a really great introduction into the city. And then gradually as the temperatures dropped, then I could also time it with how I was acclimatizing to just being here. And mm -hmm. so as much as I was like quite afraid of, oh, how am I going to cope with the cold? Because people say that a lot. They're like, oh, my goodness, it's so cold. How will you cope? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't land into that. Uh, we have a friend of ours who arrived here in, um, I think it was November. And so that's hard if you come from a very sunny, very warm place to arrive into, like, the north um, I can in imagine. November. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's how long I've been here. And it's been... It's been good for the most part. It's definitely been an eye-opener and I've learned a lot about myself and the kind of life I want to live. And I think mm -hmm. that's been the greatest blessing of being here. Can you share a little bit more about that? I'm really curious to hear what you learned about yourself. Yeah, I think I learned that this expat life is a life that I want to live um, because it gives me the freedom to be wherever I want to be so I've always had this sense of adventure and I've always had this sense of you know being elsewhere in the world not that I'm trying to run away from something or I want to you know like completely immigrate out of South Africa that's not the case at all but it's to say that if there is this whole world and we can in some way live in different places and make a life for ourselves elsewhere and explore different parts of ourselves then you know I definitely wanted to do that and so what I've learned from being here is that is absolutely true but the other thing that I've learned is this is not the place for me <laughs> um, and so as much as I like a lot of things about being here I'm starting to put pieces together of where is the right place for me or at least What kind of place is a better fit? And so I've started to think a bit more about what that place looks like. I think it's a place, well, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that it has more daylight hours, I think, <laughs> um, that place. Um, but the other thing is, I think that place is also a place that's had a long history of migration. Um, and so it's very used to different cultures coming together and people from everywhere bringing little bits of themselves into mm -hmm. that new city. So I've been thinking about it as a port city might be the kind of city that I would yeah, enjoy living in. Yeah. And yeah, and it's it's something that I hadn't recognized. Like I was born and grew up in Johannesburg, which is, you know, like an incredibly diverse city. People joke and say there's nobody who's really from Johannesburg. Everybody kind of gets there to do something. So mm -hmm. it's got this buzz of anything is possible and you can get here and you can make a life for yourself and you can make it big. Yeah. And then 
Cape Town where we moved um, kind of shortly after we got married and we lived there for about seven, eight years, um, that is a port city, you know. And so I had completely taken that for granted. And then coming to Oslo, was like, oh, <laughs> you know, there's a yeah. there's a Norwegian way. And it's it's not a bad way or a good way. It's just the the thing that you need to do when you get here as quickly as possible if you want to integrate is actually assimilate and become mm. Norwegian. Mm. And for me, that was like, okay, well, that means if I assimilate that I have to give up who I am. And that's something that I don't think fits in with what I value mm-hmm. in the world anyway, you know, people assimilating and giving up who they are. Um, and so it's kind of been this long lesson, not so long, but, you know, it's been a lesson so far of, just figuring that out. And so when I think about, okay, well, if I want an expat life and I want a city that maybe has more daylight hours and that has a a history of migration, where might I go? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, so far I'm thinking it might be Spain. Oh, yeah. Good (laughs) Um, choice, I think. It might be Portugal. You know, I'm going like further south. (laughs) But uh, yeah, those are some of the things that I've been learning about myself so far. I think the other thing which has um, been challenging is I'm learning that as much as I really value experiences over things, I like nice things. <laughs> it just is, you know. <laughs> um, so, for instance, like our apartment here in Oslo is quite small. I call it the cocoon. Um, and so, as you can imagine, there isn't a lot of space to entertain and have people over and that kind of thing. And that's something that, you know, my husband and I, we used to do a lot and we enjoyed doing it when we lived in Cape Town. And so that's been really challenging for me to say that thing that was a part of my identity, I can't do that for mm. a while um, and maybe for as long as we live here. And so as much as I'm okay with that intellectually, Sometimes in my heart, it does feel sore yeah. because I would love nothing more than on a Sunday afternoon to have people over and we have lunch and we laugh and we play board games or whatever the case may be. But that's not something that I can have yet. Um, mm-hmm. And that's quite difficult, I think. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, if that's such a big part of your personality and identity and you can't really express yourself, basically, um, that's really tough. So how do you deal with that? Well, you know, I think we've, in a way, had to embrace the cultural things that you do um, here instead. And so one of the things that I did to kind of bring friends together and also get outside in nature, because that's the Norwegian thing, um, is we actually just had a picnic outside um, at a beautiful lake. Um, And it was in autumn already so it's actually quite cold but it was wonderful to kind of light a fire and to have friends around and to um you know put some meat on the fire that's a very South African thing to have a braai um and so yeah so that was something that we did um and that was something that I'd like to do more of I think it brought back that feeling of oh okay we can still gather people and we can bring them together Mm -hmm. um you know, and then it's also just, yeah, being open to doing other things that are maybe right for the culture where we are now and then 
having that sense of connection with other people who you yeah. bring along with you. So we've uh, we've taken up hiking again. We used to do quite a bit of hiking in Cape Town, and so we're doing that again now. And the hope is that we'll bring friends along with us mm. um, to do some of that stuff. So we still get that sense of connection. Yeah, that's really great. I'm glad that you mentioned that because something that I uh, talk to my coaches about or in, in my online program, Expert Life School, is that sometimes we crave certain things, um, like, for example, the bride or being with friends. And we can't really do that um, because we live in a country where it's not really the norm or, you know, you're not close to your family if you miss them, whatever. Then I always ask them, what is the feeling that you always hope to gain with that activity or with by doing that and are there other ways to get that feeling in a, you know in another way and what you say is that okay we want to bring people together at our house but actually it's about connection and we can find connection also in yeah. other ways yeah by hiking or yeah. having an autumn picnic yeah 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 exactly nice. it's exactly that but I think the other layer on top of that that I that I would add is it's okay to feel that suck I mean you know it, it does yes suck. um mm -hmm. and I think it also it it's sad in a few ways because it also yes on one level it's one layer of your identity that you give up um and then on the other hand as well it's that you know if you maybe were used to a particular kind of life or you were used to like being in a particular kind of social class maybe when you move as an expat you have to give up some things. Um, yes. Like for us, you know, one of the things we also had to give up was um, having a car. And so as much mm -hmm. as I've ha always had this vision of living in a walkable city where I don't need a car, um, it is really nice to have one if you want to go yeah. on a road trip or if you want to, you know, go to Ikea and buy something. Um, and so, again, you know, if, if that's something that you value, it's like it does just suck that yeah. then – if you can't get to a place by public transport, you're not going yeah. there, you know, and yeah. on some level it like clips those wings that I guess is an expat you want to have. Um, but yeah, acknowledging that, I guess that's just the way it is sometimes. It's also mm -hmm. fine because then there will be joys and memories that you make that you hadn't anticipated um, if you hadn't given up those other things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I think accepting the situation for what it is is also key in finding ourselves in a better place. Sometimes we can go over and over things that aren't working out for us or that we feel sad of or or, or make us angry or something. And when, the moment that we can really accept, okay, this is the situation and it's okay for me for me to miss those things. It's okay to feel sad about it. It's okay to be angry about it something some weight falls off your shoulder I think so yeah really happy that you're saying that I think this is like the first step you need to take in order to be like feel better where you are yeah yeah, yeah. I can also imagine for you like not having the car is maybe more difficult than the average expat because sure every every expat wants to have that you know freedom to go anywhere but you mentioned in the beginning as well that freedom is so important to you that you yeah. really yeah um, so I can really imagine that this is like a, a really visible thing where this is happening, that your value is not really, yeah. you cannot really express <laughs> it value, basically. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I, I wonder what it will look like um, in the next chapters of um, the expat life that my husband and I want to live. Um, it's not possible for us, I don't think, um, you know, for us to get to that point 
here. But again, as you say, it's like, what is the thing that you actually want? If it's connection, if it's a sense of adventure, yes. there's a lot of adventure that you can have. Um, for instance, um, this past Saturday, we uh, went up to one of the um, skiing spots um, and we actually just did some hiking. And it was interesting when we got there, the bus stop is like literally right at the slopes. Mm-hmm. And then you can see people skiing. And so we kind of started our hiking trail and some people were ice fishing. And actually, like for me, even seeing people just doing it and getting off the bus with their skis and whatever, I was yeah. like, oh, this is not, not such a big deal. Like, you know, maybe we could just sign up for a course and buy the equipment secondhand or whatever. Um, yeah. And we could also do this thing. And so then again, it's like that sense of adventure and that sense of exploration. It comes back, but it was... Yeah totally different to what I thought yeah exactly yeah so this is what I love about expert life because you get to learn so many new things about the world and about yourself because well I've never skied before in my life but I imagine if I would live in Norway I would definitely give that a try and use the bus to get there to get to the (laughs) slope so I find this uh, this is one of the nicest aspects for me about expert life that you get to explore yourself and also the world a little bit more Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's that saying something like you take yourself everywhere you go. Um, So at some point, I was thinking to myself that if I lived in a different country, I would be like magically different. (laughs) And what I'm finding actually (laughs) is that I'm just me. You know, I have my good days, I have my bad days. Um, And so even that sense of exploration and adventure that I've always had, Yes, I will express it doing different activities, but it's still just me. Um, And it's interesting to see how that expression changes depending on where you are. Because like, for instance, in December, we went to um, Spain for a little while. And again, it was exploration and adventure, but different as to our expat life in Oslo. Yeah, exactly. I love also that what you said about you bring yourself wherever you go. This is so true. Like, I think I always love to see like a move abroad as this opportunity. I always say that it's this big blank canvas that is all yours to paint. And this is an addictive part of moving abroad for me, because every time I think like, oh, now I can start all over again. Um, (laughs) But in the end, it is still you who you bring along, unless you're very conscious about the choices that you make. But you can also do that at home. You don't need to live abroad for it or move abroad. Um, yeah. Can you well, maybe... I mean, I, yeah, I was going to say about that. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, certainly for me, at least, um, living in Cape Town, I think we got to a point where it was just regular, like we had done the things, you know, and, um, actually the sense of adventure that I got was when the dynamic changed completely, where, um, my husband left uh, South Africa last year, March, and I was still waiting for my visa. And so I had like four months to wait. And so suddenly things had changed like completely where I was now living all by myself in the city. And then again, there was like that exploration and um, adventure. But I think, you know, had that drastic change not happened, 
I think we would have just gotten very comfortable and then you kind of have your routine and it's you know and then you're just yeah. like living by routine or maybe I'm just an adrenaline junkie that's looking no, for the next day <laughs> well I'm the same I think <laughs> but I know I definitely agree like it's so I think 80% of the people are in their comfort zone and in a really yeah. comfortable position and they're so used to their own ways and to their limits as well and sometimes they don't see what is still possible for them and it yeah. helps to move abroad because then you know your whole world gets turned up gets turned upside down and this is really when new opportunities can arise and this makes it easier for you to you know change certain things or to view the world differently but if you're exactly. really really determined you can have this experience at home as well but it just takes a lot sure. more uh, awareness and effort i think but yeah. you definitely touched yeah. upon one of the really nice parts of living abroad <laughs> yeah what are some of the other challenges that you experienced in, well, it's your first time living uh, abroad as an expat. What is something else uh, that you didn't expect maybe to be challenged by? Um, so actually, maybe first to take a step back is this is actually the second time I've lived as an expat, but the first time that I've lived as an expat as an adult and mm. the first time I've lived as an expat in Europe. Um, okay. So the first time I lived as an expat, we were in Cambridge, Massachusetts in the States. Um, I was helping my mom, um, who was doing her master's degree there. So um, that was interesting because I thought it would set me up really well for this experience. And I mm -hmm. think in some ways it did, just like the shock of a new culture, a new way of doing things, that wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the challenges that I faced here that I think are unique is um, the language barrier. Um, so, you know, even though Oslo is an incredibly bilingual city, you do get locked out of some things if you don't speak Norwegian. Mm. Um, and that's because I think language and culture are so closely mixed that you kind of need to speak the language and so as much as you know I've been able to find um, events and a sense of community in places that are for internationals um, there is a level at which you can tell that like there would be more of the city that was open to me or even more of the country that was open to me mm -hmm. if I spoke Norwegian um, yeah. and so you know that's a bit of a tough one because even if we stayed here for two, three, four years, the level of Norwegian we would need to get to to yeah. be able to have like casual social conversations wouldn't be at the level that really we would need. Um, and so that's been a challenging thing. And also, I think I've also been very fortunate that I didn't have to get here and look for work because if you don't speak Norwegian, that is incredibly difficult to mm. find work. Um, and so, you know, those are some of the challenges around language. And then the other thing that I think was a challenge or, yeah, the other thing that is a challenge for me is there aren't very many people of color mm. in Oslo and in Norway. And I mean, of course, I knew that coming here, <laughs> but <clears throat> it does mean that I think the perception of who I am, even as an expat versus just being an immigrant or a foreigner, that there's a difference. Because I think yeah. like the perception of who you are, if you 
um, you know, present as a person of color, you're brown, you're black. What you are doing in Europe is you are there because you've ex- escaped some sort of hardship in your country. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, you know, you were adopted as a child or something. But there's always this thing of, oh, a black or brown person living this expat life, like they're not really expats, they're foreigners. Yeah. And so that, that's been an interesting thing to navigate because I can see sometimes like when I interact with people that firstly, they don't expect me to speak the way I do, which I know is also like a, a, an accent thing as well. The South African accent is a strange mm-hmm. one. Um, but also, you know, when I speak about the fact that I'm an entrepreneur or all the things that I've been able to do, there's almost like a double take because I think the perception is maybe I came here because I was fleeing war and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's just that it has been interesting for me and it's been challenging for me to assert myself and again, to be solid in my identity, knowing who I am and what I bring to any group, to any, you know, volunteering situation or work situation. Um, And it's also been really interesting to see how I then also developed like my business here in Norway, because Mm -hmm. then if you add those two elements, like language and the perception of people of color as expats, it then just becomes quite a tricky landscape to navigate. Um, And so we'll see. I want to say like watch the space (laughs) to see how it unfolds. But um, yeah, that's been that's been surprisingly tricky yeah I can only imagine um when I lived in Brazil I physically also stood out from the locals there obviously but always with a more positive connotation to it um and I also found that annoying because sometimes I just wanted to be invisible (laughs) you know I didn't want to be stared at or um got asked if I was American or something and I can only imagine if you know I know how Europeans think and view immigrants in a way like this is what they see um and this yeah I can only imagine how challenging that is especially if you're also starting a business and don't speak the language sufficiently yeah yeah so well done for you of like still standing (laughs) there (laughs) and still and still enjoying it um what do you think are some of the qualities that uh expats in Norway or expats in general and also expats of color need to still thrive in those situations to to still express their own identity to feel grounded and really strong who they are yeah um a few things just came to mind um the one is i think you need to know why you're there and that needs to be something that you are very clear on and you come back to it almost as an affirmation you know that you've got put up somewhere in your house nice. that you come back to. Yes. Um, in the professional world, there's this concept called a tour of duty, which um, was made famous by Reid Hoffman. And the idea is that if you have someone with high potential at work, um, to get them to keep engaged and to excel is you give them a tour of duty. So something that they will achieve in a particular amount of time. And then after that tour, you'll reassess what their next kind of tour of duty will be. And so... If I apply that to expat living, I think just being very clear on what your tour of duty is when you get to the place is super important. So 
for my husband and I, when we got here, we said to ourselves, okay, we've got a two-year tour. And what we want to do is we want to see if we like this place and we also want to travel um, to other cities to see, you know, what, firstly, what the rest of Europe is like, because we realize that there's so much that we still want to understand. Um, and maybe in that we will find what our next chapter will look like. So that was very specific. So I would say the number one thing is clar that clarity is really important. The other thing that came to mind is get yourself a therapist back in your home country, <laughs> which is something that I've um, kept I, I've kept my therapist and I meet with her weekly and it's been really great for her to be somebody who not only knows me but also knows my context because yeah. she shares the same cultural context as I do mm -hmm. and so it's really great for me to have that connection somebody who can hear what I'm kind of dealing with and, and talking through that um and then, you know, I guess the other skill is, um, yeah, I think you've just got to be really solid in, in who you are and what you're about, because that will get tested. That will be tested as you meet new people. Um, yeah. And you might start to feel like, oh, you know, maybe I am somebody who goes dancing until 2am, or maybe I am somebody <laughs> who does that the next thing. And, and if you're not sure of who you are, I think even as you meet people and you try things and then those friendships don't work out or you struggle to make those connections, then you start to erode your own self-esteem because, yes. you know, then you're not sure if what you're bringing to the table is enough. So, yeah, I think those are some of the skills that you need. Um, and then I think just um, maybe not a skill, but just a knowledge that you should not try to replicate the life you had back home where you land. Almost like, Again, like exactly like you said, you, this is your life with a blank canvas and don't try and do like a lifestyle copy paste um, yes. because I think that will frustrate more than help you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what I would say. <laughs> Wow, these are amazing tips also that you're you're giving us. I really love this tour of duty and also really knowing who you are because I agree with you, like in the in the past when I lived abroad, I also sometimes said yes to things just, you know, in the hope of meeting people or of filling my weekends, for example. And then I thought, but this really isn't me. This is not making me happy. And then afterwards I would only feel like bad about it, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think making friends is it's really difficult. <laughs> it is um, after 30. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's difficult, sure. But I think it also depends on, like, the difference in cultures as well. Um, because, for instance, like, um, I've found that I've made friends mostly with people who are expats as well. Um, and I think it's like we all know what the struggle is. <laughs> so yeah. we're open to having, you know, a coffee and hanging out and that kind of thing. But then I also think that depending on your cultural like orientation, some people are just more secluded and individualistic and some people yes. like to come together and just hang out and be more communal. And that's where I kind of fall on the spectrum. Um, and so, yeah, I, I found that, that's been a challenge too. Um, and then, of course, finding people who are at the same life stage and not just age. 
has also been a tricky thing um, mm-hmm. because, you know, if I went strictly with age, you know, finding friends who maybe don't understand, you know, the fact that I'm married with a dog and, you know, I'm not as available as maybe if I were completely single, but then also mm-hmm. finding people who are in that married life stage but maybe have children and then, yeah. you know, there's that sway as well. So. Man, finding friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. I actually, my first episode of this podcast is about finding friends and building a community abroad because it's something I sometimes struggled with as well. It was really easy when I was a student and traveling around and living in London doing my master's degree. Like, you meet people right away. But I learned that as you grow a bit older and exactly the changes in lifestyle happen, some people get married and get kids, others don't. Um, it also becomes a bit more difficult to find those friends. And I found it especially hard back home, actually, in the Netherlands, because I had my really good friends from university and high school that I still see to this day. Um, But all my more recent friends were living abroad. So I realized at some point, okay, I need to have more friends in the Netherlands. But And I don't know how it is in Norway, but I find in the Netherlands that people meet their friends in also in high school and university, maybe their first job. And then they stick with them for the rest of their lives. They're not really open to meeting new people or to mingling between groups at a later stage. Yeah. And that makes it really difficult for expats and former expats like myself <laughs> to meet yeah. people, to find really good uh, friendships again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's definitely something I've, that I've heard here as well, that people find their friends really early on and they stick with their friends. And so then they go through the life stages all together. And so then you've got your group that you move with. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to be quite challenging. Um, I've sort of taken a very intentional approach to it to say, like, if I'm going to make friends here, then I need to be really intentional about where I hang out. Um, and then once I've kind of gone there and I found, okay, I like this place, I'll keep going there. And so, um, you know, I found like quite a few friends actually from hanging out at the same space. Um, and then it's also like that thing of, okay, I see you a few times here. I'm going to slide into your DMs and be like, (laughs) Hey, you know, let's catch a coffee. Let's hang out because you kind of have to. And, And I was thinking about it that. The way that I think most of us are socialized is that kind of thing, like being intentional about finding companionship in a romantic sense, that's something that's celebrated. Like, you know, it's kind of expected that you will seek out a companion, a mate. Um, But when it comes to friendships, I don't think there is that much that is spoken about yet about how intentional you have to be to make those friends. You have to pursue your friends. Um, I saw a wonderful clip by... Jane Fonda um, a few weeks ago where she was talking about how she has been so intentional about pursuing friendships and nurturing friendships like just the same way that you would nurture a relationship you should be doing the same thing for friendships because we need them you know we desperately need friends and community to thrive wherever we are yeah yeah oh I love that you were saying this yeah thank you for sharing this yeah. That's great. So something else that um, I, I'm really curious about is you already mentioned it before, like setting up or continuing your business in Norway has been quite challenging. I know that you are still also finding clients in South Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you 
how do you do that? How do you live in a northern country? And well, at least the time difference is isn't there, or maybe not so much. But when your business is more focused in another country, how do, how do you make that work? Yeah, it's <laughs> well, again, this is one of those watch the space. Um, but so far, it's been it's been good. I think I was um very fortunate coming here that I had projects that I was working on. Um, and the people who I was working with on those projects understood that I was going to move away. And so I had set it up in a way that these projects could continue to work um, even without me being physically present. So that was super important. And then for some other work where, you know, I've been looking at taking on some other work, it's been, well, maybe let me group that all together for parts of projects where I need to be there in South Africa. So um, either, you know, blocking off that time and doing a lot of meetings and some of that in-person work and traveling there for that. Or one of the things that I've always kind of dreamt of that my business would be is more of a collective to say, like, we have an approach and a way of working around inclusion and diversity and equity issues. Um, and so we'll bring on people with different skill sets within that space. And so then the collective would kind of be able to be wherever. Um, and so when I think about a vision of the future for my business is, you know, let's say the next chapters of my expat life take me to Spain and then to Italy. And then, you know, we can we can dream, right? So <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, my intention is that that this collective would be able to do work in those countries as well. And so I would kind of have that um, legacy or that footprint of doing this inclusion, equity, diversity and belonging work in those different countries. So yeah, so that's, you know, that's how um, I'll I'll do it. Um, but in terms of expanding the business to Norway, that's something that I've been uh, intentional, intentional about working on. Um, I joined um, a business incubator um, yeah, soon after I arrived, actually, I started in September. And that was wonderful in terms of just giving me access to network, to people here locally. And actually, one of the women who I met, she's very passionate about kind of helping internationals find their feet and develop their own businesses in Norway. And so she and I have kind of started talking about work that we've put in proposals together for. And so um, it's early days, but fingers crossed, it looks like there might be a way. Great. Oh, that sounds really cool also. Yeah. And I I like what you mentioned about the network. I think that's so important um, for any job, really. I learned that as a diplomat, but also as an entrepreneur, you really need to have a network. And even Absolutely. not for your job, just as a human, you need a network. Yeah. And so it's good to go out to these things. And you signed up for it right away, even though you were probably like still overwhelmed with the culture shock. <laughs> yeah. So well done again. Yeah. I think that was a really good move. Yeah, I think actually um, there were a few kind of um, bets that, that I made that were good bets um, in in the you know bigger picture. One of them was starting to kind of slot in events that I would go to and things that I was going to attend um, once I'd gotten here. But I started planning for them before I left. And so one of the spaces I mentioned earlier where I found a few friends that space, I went to it for the first time kind of seven days after I'd arrived because, you know, it was an event that I'd seen before I left as well. So yeah. I think 
again, it's like that intentionality of being like, yeah. cool, I'm going to be here and I just want to see what I can do. How many coffees can I have with people? Yes. How can I be like all over the city getting lost but making my way? Um, yeah. And maybe that's also something to add is one of the things that I really wanted was to have my own life that mm-hmm. was separate from my husband's life because, you know, he's here for work and we have a life together, of course. But I also wanted for my own, again, freedom and autonomy, I wanted to have my own thing that I was doing. So it was incredibly important to me as soon as I got here to just find as many events as possible um, and to go there and to, you know, sit if it was social, if it was professional, um, so that I could start to get a feeling of the city for myself. And, yeah, I think maybe that's another recommendation that I would add for, for any expat, especially if you're traveling there with someone else, is don't fall into the background. Remember that this is your experience as well as an individual. Um, and so you should make it what you want it to be for yourself. Yeah, good that you you add that to it. Um, when we move as a couple, I, I don't know it because I've never moved somewhere with a, a partner, but I can imagine that when you move, you have both your equal roles. And then if you move for one's job, then and the other one tags along, it's so easy to slip into that. Okay, I'll just, you know, tidy up the house while you're gone or whatever. Um, uh, and it changes the roles within the relationship. And I think it's so important to watch out for that happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember actually even preparing for our move. Um, I was very much like, oh, this is not my thing. I'll just support, you know, I'm just in the background. And it was my therapist one time who said to me, like, hang on a second, are you not moving your whole body to another place too? Like, that means that you do have skin in the game. Like, you know, this is a big deal for you as well. So you should own it. Um, And it was, I think, from that realization that I then went into it, like with full force to say, okay, this is also my experience. And um, actually, you know, we've gotten to a point now where we're both equally busy with stuff. Um, You know, if if I'm doing work, then I go to a co-working space to also be at the office. Yeah. And, and then we have like our rhythms and routines. And that's been so great for me again, to just retain that sense of freedom, but then also that sense of self to say like, even if it gets a bit shaky because of the challenges, like I've mentioned already, at least I know that I'm doing stuff and I'm contributing and I'm feeling yeah. productive, which yeah. is so important for me personally. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Wow. To me, you are such an inspiration, really. Like the tips that you have for upcoming expats or even expats who have lived somewhere maybe for years, I think they're super valuable. Um, I think your experience is really super inspiring. I don't know what else to say about it, actually. It's really cool. I'm really glad that you were here on this show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. I have one final question that I ask all guests. And that is, what is your number one hack to make living or traveling abroad easier? Schedule time to speak to friends and family back home. Schedule it, book it in. I have a Sunday morning call with my mom as I walk my dog every Sunday. And it's really important. Schedule it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great hack. (laughs) Again, a good tip. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much. And um, is there anywhere people can follow you if they want to hear more from you? Oh, yes. I am on Twitter. Um, I'm on all the places. I'm on Twitter um, <laughs> at uh, TumiWC. Um, I am on TikTok at Tumi's Thoughts. Um, and I'm on Instagram as well. Um, and you can find me there. Great. I also add them to the show notes. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, thank, thank you. you for this lovely talk. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Tumi as much as I did. And I also hope that you learned a thing or two from her, whether you've lived abroad for years or are just about to take off for your first international adventure. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or a rating on the platform that you're listening to this expat life. It would mean a lot to me and it will also help us grow our community. Thank you so much and see you next time on This Expat Life.